Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, morning. My coach as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Last to discuss Arsenal take on Brentford, Arsenal take on City, and then we also go with Aston Villa versus Arsenal. You know, back at the Emirates again. I think lots of fans um, were expecting some sort of backlash from the defeat against Everton. Yeah, I mean, I also now expected, you know, some sort of reaction to see some sort of reaction. Um, so, of course, no changes going to the match for Arteta. Um, Brentford, uh, you know, gets the game underway. In the third minute, Arsenal start positive as uh, also, like, you know, Thomas Frank's men also just to give up uh, hints up for them. I mean, they were also playing with a very, uh, a very strong press. I mean, I think they already knew what was going to come their way. And I mean, at, at times, yes, we were getting the ball out, but we weren't really getting out of our um, half. And I mean, it, it started showing you that Thomas Frank knew exactly, you know, which sort of plays we're going to try to make in the opening burst of the game. But that's, that's where the problems were coming with Arsenal. They're too predictable. They try to play themselves out of it. And it's almost like they play themselves in trouble all the time. And I think that's where it comes out sometimes, just to have that um, plan B, you know, where you go long and you have sometimes a different type of striker up front because, yeah. I mean, you're getting boxed in all the time and, and players are, 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 I understand players believe in their ability, but sometimes it's, it's silliness, it's madness with the passes that's being made. Yeah. And then fifth minute, Brentford with the first big chance of the match. A fast counter-attack by Brentford. Sees uh, Ivan Tony play um, Rico William, uh, sorry, Rico Henry, who ends up uh, failing to hit the target. But again, big warning to Arsenal that we're not going to, you know, have it all our own way in this match. Yeah, no, and Arsenal have been quite open defensively at the Emirates this season. So, yeah, it's almost like they need to score more than one goal to, to win a game because, I don't know, we are, I think, Barring the farthest match, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. we haven't really kept a clean sheet at home. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm missing a game. No, no, it is right because I think that's also something that we've become, I wouldn't say oblivious to, but kind of ignored the way the run the team has been on because, uh, uh, like the home matches, we're actually struggling more for clean sheets than we yes doing away from home. Because uh, I think you mentioned it, and I was almost like kind of, kind of um, playing it down, I would say. You know, with a constant uh, concede because another, you know, it's not that big of a deal because we're still winning. But you always kept on telling me, look, yeah, but we keep on shipping goals every time. It's like you need to also make that that ground of fortress and make the chances, you know, less for your opponent. Yeah, no, especially in that, in that, in that I would say kind of form Arsenal at the moment. You know, where sometimes you just need that odd goal to like to clean sheet to to get you over the line and. You know, it's, I mean, we've conceded quite a bit of goals and every time we think of the results when we've been playing at home. But yeah, Brentford, you know, piling on the pressure as well. Yeah. Then uh, 15th minute, Saka and Odegaard play a nice one-two between themselves, but Odegaard ends up choking his chance. And again, it brings me to something that you've been mentioning over the course of the season. Sometimes, you know, when, when Odegaard should just let fly, he's almost like second-guessing himself. So you don't see the true, like, you know, him really leathering the ball or, you know, going with the laces through the ball. I don't know. I mean, now that what, what you brought up, but I mean, now I was, I was like starting to see it was like clear, especially now with with the results, I was like kind of going against us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think he's a type of player that, you know, when it's going good for him, it's going good. Like, you know, he will take his charge, but it just seems like when he has it, when he has to show that composure and just, you know, set himself up yeah. properly, he struggles it's almost like when things happen fast, he's very good to finish. But at the moment, you know, he has to just think about it a bit. And maybe that's something that comes with 
with maturity. I mean, Fabregas became a master of that at Arsenal when he eventually, you know, every time he just got into a, a space in the box, he would, he would put a chance away. Yeah. Then 25th minute, Brentford again on the attack. This time, Ivan Tony again given the space and time, and he ends up smashing his shot against the crossbar. Also, all over the place defensively. Yeah, I know. It was, it was getting a bit worrying and stressful. Um, like the way the game was going, and it was almost like Brentford were waiting to score yeah. to wake Arsenal up because that's just how things are going at the end of of late. Uh, then 39th minute, uh, Ivan Tony again lashes a goalbound effort, you know, to try to catch uh, Ramsdale out. But I mean, the key, our keeper ends up making a good save. But I mean, again, we're allowing those little pot shots also from, uh, like, you know, on the edge of the box, which is, you know, not really unheard, almost like unheard of, if you think of the sort of form we're in and, and are we allowing this team to have, you know, pot shots at us. Then 43rd minute, Ben White carves out a cross for. Uh, Granit Xhaka, he ends up cushioning the ball to Martinelli, who shows no composure, and, you know, he ends up just blasting the ball first time by taking the shot, and it goes over. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, Martinelli is like, you know, he has improved as a player, no doubt, but, you know, these little things, as a, you know, as you try to, you know, establish yourself as a, as a world-class player, I know he's still young and there's time on his side, but, you know, they, these are the things, you're just taking your stride, compose yourself, and then, you know, Look for the best option. It's been a few times where Martinelli just has to lash at the ball and then the ball goes flying. Yeah. So we move on to the second half. Now, 51st minute, Eden Ketia drives the ball, uh, the, the team forward with a fantastic dribble and run. He ends up, you know, managing to get himself through the Brentford defence and he tees up uh, Odegaard again with a nice uh, chance. But this time Odegaard with his right foot tries to more worry about accurate, um, like focus on accuracy. And the ball almost ends up rolling to David Raya as like a back pass. Yeah, I know. When you, when you, one thing I've learned, you know, even me, someone who's playing football, I'm sure you as well. You know, when you eat it with your weaker foot, it's all about just your timing and trying to put your foot through the ball because that ball kind of almost goes anywhere the, the way you connect the foot. So you just get enough power and you can even deceive the keeper with which way the ball is going. Yeah. Then 56 minute Arsenal, you know, failed to clear a ball in defence. Uh, this time Tony again has a pop and goal, but yeah, he ends up dragging his shot wide. And I mean, a real worry about how we're just giving Brentford this ample opportunities from the edge of the box even. Uh, then 67 minute Arteta now starts reacting. He brings on Trossard, Martinelli comes off. Uh, then 66 minute Saka and Odegaard combine on the right. Saka slings in a cross and I mean, Trossard pops up unmarked at the back post. And taps in the ball, one nil Arsenal. What a goal! Like you know, for Trossard, I felt happy for him because I'm still yeah. starting to become like a Trossard favorite. And I think that goal, like he just seems like a player that plays with no fear, man. Like yeah. that's what I like about him. But no, he doesn't. No, because I think because he played at Brighton. It's almost no disrespect to him. It's almost like every opposition he played, you know, was probably a big opposition, and as he had to just come up with the goods no matter what. And I think. You know what a goal! I was really pumped actually um, when he when he scored that goal. I think I thought this was you know this one of those important goals in a title race. Yeah, and I mean what I also like what you mentioned like you know he, he shows a sort of bravery and drive that we actually are looking for in you know the way Martinelli plays or the way sometimes Saka plays. But I think sometimes they they dawdle too much on the ball. Look, it's fine you want to draw in players, but you also have to start. You know, testing the, the play if you can, like, you know, beat it for pace. And I mean, he, 
he shows he's got so much self belief, which is which I find amazing. It's like the way he, if he's gonna get the ball and you're gonna you know even give him one or two foot space backing off him, he's gonna go at you. I mean, whether it's like a be like a slalom dribble or just going past you with sheer speed. So yeah, I fully agree with what you said. Then seventy fourth minute, Brentford win three consecutive headers in the Arsenal box, which again I can't believe what I was watching. And I mean, Ivan Tony ends up nodding the ball into an open goal, and it's one-one. Unbelievable! We are the sloppy. Yeah, you know, and and obviously you have to go look back at that 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 you know that should have been an offside, but yeah, you don't you don't you don't allow those things to happen, especially when you're in a title race and there's a possibility of you know you're pulling a eight points clear or five or going to be eight eight points clear away from from Man City. I mean, you you don't. Defend like he just put the ball in in the row row's head, but I mean you know should have been an offside, but you know no, no, nobody picks it up. I mean Vardy meticulously doesn't draw the lines. I mean what's your thoughts on that? Now as we do that, just as we do the end of this okay match. So at the first minute, uh, Vieira comes on, Jaka comes off. Now this is like a, I mean also made like a fine point under this this moment also because what I don't understand about Ateta, he's always doing this when. We have our backs against the wall, and I mean, you can you even you as a fan or our listeners as well, you can clearly see when the team needs some sort of changing up or freshening up because they it's not like you try to hold, you know, like a, there's a wave coming your way, or or if you remember that, that, that old that fable about that that boy in that in Holland putting his finger in the hole by the dike there to see that you know the 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 walls don't breach or whatever the riverbank, and it's not like I, I feel for me at times we are like that because. You can see this wave coming. You can see the the, the wall about to start breaching, and and Ateta still, you know, hanging on, hanging on, or skipping his subs for the for almost like for better days. But I mean, by the time even like the, the reaction comes where we now do concede, then he wants to make like this blitz amount of subs or whatever. And you think like, but why didn't you like five or ten minutes earlier when you could have now saved all this uh, uh, stress and that? So I mean, at the eighth minute, in the space of. A few minutes, we were already erratic with our shooting. Because, I mean, Saka ends up skying the ball when composure was needed. Sonchenko ends up trying to score from an audacious angle, which was totally unnecessary. I mean, you could have just played the ball out because we were also at the point where we were just trying to sling balls into the box and trying to win the ball. But, I mean, he was having these pot shots with nobody really, uh, you know, uh, wanting that sort of decision-making by him. Because, I mean, he was totally way, way off with his shooting. And I mean, I think that's also kind of what, what kind of angered me of, of, of him playing now again after he did almost like roughly the same thing against uh, Everton. And then 90th minute, Brentford, of course, were winding the clock down with some, I mean, serious, serious time wasting. I mean, every little bump or knock, they were, you know, just eating up time by laying on the deck. And, and I mean, the match ends up just, uh, you know, like faltering out into a stalemate. Yeah, no, two points dropped, I think, definitely, I think, you know, you've just kind of put yourself under pressure for the Man City game, and in my mind, you know, it was beat Everton, you beat Brentford, and, you know, whatever happens in that City game happens, because yeah. you have that cushion, so, I mean, you could lose 5-0 and still laugh about it and walk off, but now, you know, you put yourself in a pressure situation, not playing in the best of form, and also, like, we, as I mentioned earlier, decisions going against you. Yeah, so, okay, as I mentioned now, you know, post-match, it was also then discovered that the VAR official, Lee Mason, ends up, not, as you mentioned also, didn't draw those offside lines, which was supposed to be shown, which would have also picked up 
that uh, Norgard was offside by probably like half a foot, but I mean, so would have been offside. So, I mean, besides now, wanting to know your thoughts, I mean, look, with the news in coming out also last night that uh, Lee Mason has also been sacked by uh, that Premier League through this sort of uh, erratic and whatever decision. And I mean, as I said uh, a while back, it wasn't also his first. Yeah, you know what? It's it's not. I wouldn't say that's justice, even because I mean now you've you've lost two points in a yeah. in a precious title race. I mean, two points now it's going to give you back. You know, now it's like oh, okay, you know, this is your points for the game that you supposedly should have won. But I mean, for me, <clears throat> nothing I want to add with this game. Before we move on, it's like we should have been, have you know, almost like depending on a decision like this to to see us through. We should have been yes. Winning this game by a clear margin, type of thing. Yes. No, yeah, I agree. I think this team is starting to tire, and, and because mm-hmm. no one's been making any changes, they started to tire it at the same time. I mean, you know, maybe one could have thrown on Jorginho in just to kind of calm things down yeah. at, at, at a point. Because, I mean, this, this Arsenal side, I mean, Ketia at the moment, I mean, he's played every game since the World Cup's been back. I mean, there's no competition for him. He just slots in no matter what. I mean, Martinelli, I don't know, he just doesn't seem the same player after the World Cup. I don't know if he's also jaded. And, you know, Ben White, like you've mentioned before, um, you know, when when's the likes of Tierney going to get the proper run in the team as well? Yeah. So we move on now to Arsenal Man City, uh, top, of the ca- top of the table clash on Wednesday evening. Uh, it came with also shocking news early on on the Wednesday because Thomas Party was not included in the starting squad <coughs> due to some um, muscle tightness here. Yeah. And then, of course, not really big news. I mean, when you're going into such a, a big match because it seems every time... I, look, okay, he was there for the Spurs game and that, but it's always like in the prelude to some sort of game that you're really hoping he's going to be fit. Then, like, I don't know, it's almost like a silly legal pops up or something just happens. Yeah. He's out when you really now need him and depend on him. Like against United, even at at um at Old Trafford, you know, big game, he's injured, and and, and it's become a, like a recurring theme almost. Like that's why Arsenal should and have to break the bank if for a defensive midfielder that's someone that can be reliable if Party's not going to be there. Because right now we don't really have anyone. I mean. I don't know how you felt, but, you know, the thought of Jorginho kind of trying to protect the back four was a bit scary. Yeah. Because, I mean, I was at one point even thinking, um, you know, having Xhaka play that position. But, I mean, I think I think I mentioned last week also. But he will be, at, you know, he'll be again drawn into needless tackles again. You know, we, that's actually the very thing. Because I think now that we have him in a more advanced role and he not, you know, tackling, so he's always like giving away those like less fouls and driving the team forward. So you don't really want to make that sort of uh, requirement now for for you know for the team to go forward because you want almost like everybody in that that key position. And as you said, now we don't really have somebody that with that sort of skill and prowess that party has. Because I mean, when he's on song, I mean it's actually scary to watch him when he you know can bamboozle himself out of defense and into midfield and drive the team forward as well. But Back to the game again, yeah, Jorginho ends up coming in for Thomas Party while Tom Yasu comes in for Ben White. I mean, I felt also Oteta missed the trick for not having Trossard in as well. Yeah. I mean, even if you had to play Martinelli down the middle and then Trossard out wide, at yeah. least you have three players who can interchangeably, you know, swap yeah. all the time. So you can't really keep tabs on 
on the three players, but it's almost like with Nketiah there, you're forced to, you know, have your players in that set positions up front, which is making us also even more predictable. Yeah. So um, we end up, you know, starting, Holland uh, ends up getting the game uh, started. Both teams like sparring with one another for easily like 10 minutes, you know, just feeling each other out. Um, then 12 minutes, Jorginho robs Kyle Walker with a ball. Feeds Edin Kete with a fantastic through ball. And Kete gets a, almost like a rush of blood to the head and shoots immediately instead of, you know, taking the ball further into the box and maybe carving out the chance there. But I mean, I really expect Eddie to have gotten more into the, you know, uh, out of that opportunity because I mean, he ends up just catching the ball against Aki's legs. Yeah, I know that. Uh, that does for me like a, a striker injury show, but more composure in yeah. these type of positions, especially if you're going to lead the line for a team. Yeah, then 16th minute, Jorginho has a sloppy pass. Rodri ends up picking the ball up, drives City forward. Uh, he ends up slinging the ball out to uh, Mares, who ends up fizzing the ball to the far post. Arsenal almost like he had sixes and sevens in defense because Gabriel and Saliba don't really pick up the danger. And Haaland's on the back post. And, I mean, of course, Haaland, in that same moment, or same breath, he also gets himself into a muddle, like, you know, find all the time to find his feet. And he ends up fluffing his chance. Yeah, no, big nerves there for me. And it's like Saliba and, and Gabriel also, you know, since the World Cup, they seem all over the place. They don't seem that assured. Yeah. Then 18 minute Ramsdale kind of gives us a scare by, like, you know, sitting on the pitch complaining of a... <laughs> Of a sore foot after treatment. But I mean, of course, I was again thinking, like, is it real? Is he trying to buy us some sort of time? Because it was also getting to a point where we were almost like, you know, being really pressed by, by Man City. Then, uh, 22nd minute, Zinchenko plays a fantastic cross to Eden Ketia, uh, who, of course, gets his body all over the place and out of shape. And he ends up making connection with his shoulder rather than his head, and the ball ends up flying over. And I mean, uh, for me, a very bad miss because I mean the ball was really put on a platter for him and you know really I really thought he was going to bury the chance like he did against Man United but I mean he failed to capitalize on it. I mean in this in this level of of you know type of game the importance of the game I mean you need your strikers to be putting these half chances away I mean that that wasn't even a half chance it was a proper chance all he needed to do was hit the target and that's one all to Arsenal. Yeah, because I mean, you can see even the Edison was floundering on his goal line trying to come, you know, get across the line because. I think even at the halftime break, eventually, uh, Ian Wright was also saying that was one of the chances where, you know, a tight game like that, you need to bury the chance because you just know City will come at you. And then, I mean, 24th minute, Edison ends up eating a standard route one ball. Tobiasa and Grealish start, you know, this race for the ball. And, I mean, they, they start this whole foot race. And, I mean, for me, what, what I found disappointing, instead of looking for for touch, Tomiyasu ends up, yeah. you know, uh, attempting a, a blind back pass. And I mean, the ball ends up falling short to Ramsdale, who was already advancing to the uh, edge of the box. And I mean, Kevin De Bruyne is uh, like so wily character. I mean, he reads already the error and the, the placement of, of Ramsdale. And I mean, he ends up just eating a first-time lob and catches Ramsdale out of position. one no Man City, bad, bad time to concede. Yeah, needless goal to concede. And like you say, just put it out for a throw-in. Put it out for a throw-in on this like this side. Sometimes things they 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 invincible and then they yeah. do silly things like that. And I mean, just go back to basics, put the ball out for a throw in and regroup and take it from there. But now you one all down. Yeah, so then 28th minute Arsenal work the channels this time around uh, on the left flank. Martinelli ends up whooping across Kansas City, you know, really flat footed. But the on rushing Tom Yasu ends up, you know, almost like 
typical right back fashion, just blasting the ball over the bomb and you know, just some sort of calmness was needed to, you know, bring the ball down and finish. Then thirty ninth minute Arsenal managed to, you know, seemingly smuggle themselves a penalty after Edison ends up bundling and Kitty off the ball and after VAR check uh, the the penalty is confirmed. Yeah, I know. Like we were like it was like you know, the, those those can be given as well. You know, I mean, it was a very uh, maybe be soft, but I've seen those given as well because he does take Eddie and Kitty out. But I mean, Eddie and Kitty could have also got more in that finish, also and let the ball go in. Yeah, then I mean, for the sixth, for the second minute, Sakharins ends up set, uh, stepping up and ends up sending Edison the wrong way, uh, wrong way, one one. Yeah, even though Edison was pointing that direction, he wanted him to take the penalty. And he complied very well, I must say. Yeah. Because my nerves were shot at that point. Yeah, at one point I didn't even know if I want to keep my eyes open or do what Jürgen Klopp does when Liverpool normally have a penalty when he just looks away from, from the match completely. Yeah. <laughs> then 44th minute, Kyle Walker. Long throw causes total havoc in the Arsenal defence. Gundogan ends up having a pop at goal and Ramsdale makes a fine save. And I mean... What I don't understand is, I mean, this is something that I know for a fact you and I discuss always, whether it's been a, like a bad season or a good season like now. Like really focus when you have to close in on halftime, whether you're shoring yes. up something or whatever. But I mean, again, like we got, we're already in the 46th minute of the, of the that first half. And again, Maris gets a free kick uh, just before the break. He ends up causing havoc, like slinging the ball into the box. Rodney Zeda ends up hitting the, the shins. Of, of, I think, Ake, and almost like deflects itself onto the crossbar. And I mean, Ramsdale ends up having to punch the ball clear. And I mean, for me, a terrible showing by the infield players also in dealing with the sort of danger going into halftime. Yes, especially since you brought yourself a level a few minutes before and now you do something like that. They really need to work on certain things and yeah. wake up and be more mature. And I mean, what, what's, what's irking me, Aiden? It's like, look at the start of the season to almost like after the, or the United game even. Every time when you watch a game, I'm always, I mean, even though I'm like in the living room watching the match, but I'm like always win that first ball, win it, like whether it's the header or with your body getting ahead of the ball. But it's like we were almost coming second best to everything with, with, with Man City. And this is now that last part of, of that first half. And I mean, it's not like it, it also goes in itself and into the second half as well, because we were always second best at everything or third or fourth best, because I mean, Man City was seeing that they're winning first and second ball. Yeah, no, the, uh, I was thinking half time, just regroup with things and just you know, get the fresh. I mean, I was thinking Bernardo Silva picked up a yellow. I think I'll walk as well. I was thinking to myself, just put pressure on these guys, just run at them. They they won, you know, one foul away from getting another second yellow. And I'm thinking, you know, second half, just drive and come out there. But I don't know what Arteta said to the half time team broke because I don't think he fired them up enough. Because, I mean, for the 7th minute, Gabriel's already having one of those ma- those matches. And, I mean, I, I really also, in my notes, underline those matches. Because yes. everything he was trying to do, I don't know if he was trying to be almost a cool and calm collective, but he was ending up always being in a whole muck-up with the way he was doing things. Because, as I said, for the 7th minute, he ends up getting in a, a, a mix with Haaland and ends up holding the Norwegian down for, like, what was first given as a penalty by, the, the, uh, by Anthony Taylor. But then after VAR check has been given as an offside. But I mean, for me, right there and then, also should have really woken up to what was yes. happening. Because yes. I really thought they were going to now be reactive to that. But for me, it's not like everybody was still in a sort of lull and dozy mode. 
Yes, no, I, I saw it, my TV's last year, like, you know, wake the F up now. Like, yeah. after that, I mean, Gabriel just seemed in 67. And I, I've always mentioned that, you know, his, his mistakes throughout the season has been covered by us, you know, almost pulling our weight and, you know, bringing the result back. But, I mean, their penalty could have cost us in such a important game where margins can cost you uh, a league title. Yeah. The 66-minute Arsenal in attack, this time Tommy also ends up feeding a low drill shot. Nketiah looks totally switched off and instead of darting towards the ball, he allows Edison to actually get ahead of him for the ball. And I thought to myself, you know, surely a, a fast-thinking striker is going to nip in, either try to take the ball away from the keeper or just sneak in of the ball under the keeper's body. But, I mean, he's yeah. the one, one caught on his heels by the time. And I mean, it was a good cross by Tomiyasu. Yeah, no, it was. I think that would have, that would have been the, the, the 2-1 to Arsenal. Yeah. Then 69th minute, something that really got me to the point of pulling my hair out. Uh, Zinchenko ends up losing his bearings after the ball is played out to him. He ends up trying to back heel the ball with Arsenal in the final third. And he ends up back the ball straight to Kevin De Bruyne, who ends up playing the ball to Haaland. But luckily, uh, Ramsdale is alive to the situation and smothers the ball at Haaland's feet. Yeah, again, I'm like, you know, wake up now. You can't have any of these mistakes anymore. Wake up. I mean... Just put the ball out of play if you need to, but don't let them play just at these traps. Yeah. Then, uh, 72nd minute, Ireland ends up surging with a run at the Arsenal goal. Gabriel ends up looking in a bad situation from... Uh, I mean, let's just put it like this. It was a shitty back, a shitty pass, which ends up yes. leading to the whole thing. And then, I mean, Gundogan ends up picking the ball up from Ireland, plays the ball into the box. By the, and I mean, the former German international... He also sees in the, like his peripherals that he's got uh, Grealish unmarked on the back, really almost, uh, on the back post. And uh, like players Grealish, you know, by the time Grealish comes into the box, tees himself up and just passes the ball into the Arsenal goal. The ball takes a slight deflection of Tomiyasu, but it which takes the ball away from. Are you there? I, I just cut out for a bit. I just uh, the last part you said was with the ball takes a deflection off Tommy. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I just described now that that uh, goal to go two one up now, and also the atmosphere in the stadium that just got sucked out there. Yeah, no, yo, I I couldn't believe that we gave away such a silly goal. Yeah, because I mean, for me, it's like you're really trying just to get it back, you know, to to get some sort of. Uh, balance in the game again and I mean you again just gifting the, the opponent a goal and I mean it's, it's uh, yeah when you take a breath because I mean it's, it's infuriating because it's, it's like stuff that don't need to be happening and I mean it's like um, uh, you know Man City don't even need to get out of second year to to take to go ahead yeah I know it's it's it's, it's quite bad actually like the the way uh we we, we gave away a goal literally for free yeah. In 76, uh, 76th minute, Arsenal now, again in Arteta reaction mode, he ends up now bringing Trossard on and Martinelli off. Again, a subject could have been made easily 10 minutes earlier. Um, 82nd minute, Gundogan, given the freedom of the Emirates again, he ends up playing in De Bruyne, gets in between Zinchenko and Saliba. I mean, both, again, terrible in defence. Kenan De Bruyne, of course, he picks up, like, like in, in hindsight, he starts picking up the whole situation. He cuts the ball back, and I mean, Ireland ends up 
you know, wiggling himself free and ends up stabbing the ball past Ramsdale. 3 1 Man City. <laughs> At that point, you know, they make it 3 1. Now, Tete sends Ben White for Tommy Yasso and takes brings in Fabio Vera for Xhaka. For what reason now? You know, for, for what, what, what do you expect to happen? Now, you 3 1 down against City and it's it's basically game set match. Yeah, and I mean, the ninth minute, Saka ends up making a chance again from Nketiah, who doesn't even get the shot on target. And I mean, again, it was perfectly teed up for, for Nketiah. Then, I mean, like 90th minute, yeah, it's full-time, City go top of the table, Arsenal, you know, look almost like at six and sevens in the second half. I mean, it wasn't really a competition in that second half because we looked second best at everything in that second half. Uh, for me, again, very concerned, even with a game still in hand on City. Yeah, no, I think this Arsenal side just kind of lacked that bit of streetwise that that City had. You know, we didn't have that streetwise that, that they had. They, they basically set traps for us. I mean, you know, this, this, these guys, most of these players won the League 4 to the last five league season against a very naive Arsenal side. I don't mean in general, I just mean on the day they were very naive. They thought they could sometimes go toe-to-toe with Man City. But if you look at how United beat Man City, it wasn't going toe-to-toe with him. It, it was kind of, you know, changing things up a bit, which Arsenal, you know, don't do. I mean, imagine having a strike at least that they could, you know, just oof a long ball to could hold the ball up and have players play off him. I mean, I think we've, we've missed a trick there. But, you know, in what, what this, uh, this is something that kind of gripe I've been having internally, you know, something that I didn't really mention to you, even in, in private chats. But I've never seen somebody dominate us over like the last four or five years the way Gundogan has. And it's unbelievable. Yes. Every game yes. plays. I mean, look, you don't really have the legs or whatever anymore. But the way the guy's head is sticking, he's always getting himself either on the end of things or creating things against us. And we cannot ever deal with him. And I don't know, you know, a person's stomach almost like turns when you see he's playing because you know he's going to find a way to get through the, the, the lines and... and our almost like our vulnerable parts in the team. Do you know that City's, I think, beaten us in 11 straight league games? Absolutely madness. I mean, you can't really even have a real say on, on dominating them at the Emirates because, I mean, they, they just come, they just turn up, they know exactly what to do. And we almost like what you said earlier on in the podcast, we just fall into those little traps that they set for us. So, I mean, even Brentford was doing it, even with us, you know, allowing us to play. In our own half, because the guys are a bit too arrogant at the moment. They need to just wake up and you know, try to fix things because right now, I mean, it's not looking good. And I think, I mean, you can't be dominated like the way City is yeah. doing to us. I mean, you need to change up play, look at Liverpool. I mean, City's scared of Liverpool, but when they come to Arsenal, it's like they just know that they know how to beat us. Yeah. So move on now to today's fixture for the early kickoff today. Um, 11th meet, second as Aston Villa meet Arsenal. Uh, Villa still missing, you know, key defenders. I mean, there's a possibility that Tyrone Mings could be back because I think if if Callum Chambers plays again, I think he would be easily got it if, if Arsenal should not play them or, or that sort of defence. Um, I think also for, for Arsenal, there'll also be probably late fitness checks for, I believe, Party might be still tried. Like, you know, they might still check something out with him like yesterday. I mean, they, nothing has been said for today. But uh, Smith Rowe has also been now uh, fully involved in, in training, so he could also pro- like be a probable option on the bench for today's match. Uh, with regards to Villa, I mean, their key players this season have been Douglas Ruiz, 
Lewis, um, he's got like 7.1. Emmy Martin is 6.9 and Ashley Young 6.9. Where's Arsenal? We've got Saka still going in there at 7.8. Party 7.7. And can you believe it with that sort of dip in form the last two matches? Or like people like Odegaard and them have been totally knocked off because Jesus is now still logged in there 7.6 for Arsenal ratings. Um, also, like top scorer wise, uh, Ollie Watkins, he's got six for, for Villa. Then Bailey has four and Buendia three. Whereas Arsenal have three players on eight because, I mean, they Trossard, they take that, that Brighton goal also in the mix. So it's like Trossard, Odegaard, Saka all on eight. Um, assist wise, Doug, Douglas Louise, he's on five. Watkins on four. And Bailey two. Whereas Arsenal has Saka on eight. Assist, Odegaard five. And Saka on five. You know, Martinelli needs to up his numbers a bit more. I mean, I didn't hear you mentioning him in the top three scorers, uh, the top three assists. So, no. you know, he needs to, to to kind of find himself or, you know, give Trossard a start. But for me, you could even use Trossard as a false nine if you want to yeah. use 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 Martinelli out there. But it's just something, he even seems for me, he's not a striker, but he seems a bit more lethal than, than Ketia. Yeah, Trossard just seems like a guy who will punish you if you give him a chance. Where and Ketty, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned against Tottenham as well when he missed those two shots against Loris. You know that could have also changed the game towards Tottenham's favour. So I don't know. I, I don't know how Ketty keeps his spot all the time. Yeah. Um. at can also be a big test also for you know Una Emery versus Arteta. I mean. Uh, Emery being a former coach and now, you know, coming up against his previous uh, employers. So, uh, how do you think he's going to probably go about it? Is he going to try to set up shop more organised? Because I think for a certain part of that game, when, when Villa played last week against Man City, they looked, okay, they were uh, at, at the Etihad. But I mean, they, they at one point they looked organised and then almost like the, the wheels kind of came off and they lost all sorts of discipline in the game when they played uh, Man City the other day. You see, the thing is with Man City, they, they score, sometimes they kill you early on, which Arsenal haven't been doing. I mean, we've been speaking about it, you know, get the game done early, so you knock that winner to the sale, but it's almost like Arsenal allowing the teams to get their head off steam. And Una Emre has Arsenal's number when they played in the, in the Europa League. I mean, he just made it himself very difficult to beat at home and then just capitalised on silly errors that Arsenal were making. And and now I assume you will do the same thing. I mean, you and I have seen how this team struggles when a team doesn't open up for them. And I think Guardiola did the same thing. That's why he was giving us the ball all the time, just to make things a bit difficult for us. Because Arsenal almost lacked that impetus and imagination when a team just sits in front of you. And Zinchenko... So that that team bolting into the midfield doesn't help the situation there. It just clusters the midfield. I think you know the team sits back like that. You need that player that's going to give you width on the field. So, so hopefully we're going to try something like that. Yeah, I mean I hope so too. Because I mean if I just look at that back at that Villa game now, also <clears throat> they I mean they they scored early in the game, but I mean they also paced their goals out well because it was like fourth minute, thirty ninth minute, and then in injury time they scored the third. So it was like well, the game was settled within forty five minutes. Even though I I mean I at first thought Villa were you know going to give a better showing, but I mean it was only like once it was only like they were always going to then chase the game going into that second half. Which I mean I think we need to look. I think the Villa crowd will be up for it, and that, but I, I just think. To get them quiet, because for me, I mean, as much as, as 
places like, like say, the Etihad and them has been tough over the years, and that. But I always feel places even like Goodison and Villapar can be tough. Where if you can like sneak a win there, I mean, you know, you did a hell of a job to 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 steal something out there. But we need a win now. Like I'm gonna tell you straight, you know, we need a win today, and it needs to. I know some people will think like you know why not? But it needs to be a convincing win where it's almost like they put pressure on Man City by saying like you know we here now, we've had this opportunity now, you know, two weekends in a row to knock on City's door and tell them, you know, over to you. But every time we've given them that opportunity to for a mess up or to catch up to us, so. We need a convincing, we need a convincing performance from the club because if Arsenal is going to, you know, drop points today, whether it's two points or full three points, I do believe that, you know, the edge of this team is going to drop because you haven't won in what, is it five games then? Yeah, it's been a terrible month for Arsenal. Really terrible. So, I, I do think the guy, it's the time now to pull up your socks. I mean, the guys... All on Instagram and Twitter, whatever. So thanks for the support. Stand behind us. I mean, you know, we have been standing behind them from from the first kick of the season, and I mean, we need them now to step up because I mean, can you imagine Arsenal lose today or draw today, and City smashes Nottingham Forest four five no? Yeah, it, it, it'll be pressure. But now all of a sudden, Arsenal beats. Um, Aston Villa convincingly, and you see, oh, maybe you know, maybe they're getting out of this dip. And Man City now is thinking, okay, we're playing on th- or Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever they're playing in the Champions League, and now they have to also, you know, maybe Nottingham Forest is up for it because they're welcoming a, a top side to their home ground. Maybe they put in, you know, that type of performances that's difficult to beat. Man City starts overcomplicating things. Pep is thinking about Wednesday, so. It's it's up to Arsenal to. I'm not saying it's going to go like that, but if Arsenal win convincingly, you have a three point lead. Man City now has to go and play. If a three point lead came in or level on points, I mean level on um, games, Man City now has to go do the business now. If they don't pick up points, suddenly you can make a gap again. So Arsenal have to step out and be counted because if they don't, I'm telling you, we, you the two of us are probably going to be miserable now for the whole weekend. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I, I just think now it's also getting to a sort of point now where, uh, look, you're going to head to head now with, with Man City and Arsenal. Man City are going to go now, I think, on a run of, in League and Cup competitions, I think five away on the bounce. Yeah. We're going to have like two league games now away. I think it's on the bounce. It's like uh, now with Villa and then next weekend again with, with Leicester City. And then I think we follow that up then again with, I think two or three home games. But I mean, right now, I think it's the business part, end of the deal. And I think this is where we need to, you know, get focused and get the points. So I'm going to move now our attention now, like when we're going to wrap up the podcast now, uh, to the talking point section of the podcast. Um, with the whole VAR debacle, what's your thoughts been on it? Like in general, it's now been a good few years, it's been in play. What's your take on it so far? Sure. I haven't been a fan of it, first of all, because... Um, you know, it just takes it away that when you play a, a, like a, the emotion of scoring a goal and then you have to kind of, um, you know, check back, check back, wait, you know, before you can sell it. But that time the emotion's gone. But I know that's just, you know, a subjective point of view. But the, on the other hand, you know, not just as an Arsenal fan, but if you look at it from our perspective, firstly, how many VAR calls, you know, have been so 
50-50 that's gone against Arsenal or it's the wrong decision. I mean, they forgot to draw the lines. I mean, that, I don't know if you remember that game against um, Palace that season. I think it was Jack Castle took his top off and stormed off. But they kind of pushed Callum Chambers. Arsenal score a goal and they say, no, Arsenal, um, Crystal Palace player got fouled. And where are checked it? And it was, they still said, no, it's a right decision, no goal. But I mean, all these these VAR decisions from not even Arsenal game, but other games that's that's been around. I mean, it's it just seems to not be working. You know, look, I'm not a big fan of of like say AI technology or in general just computer technology. But then I'd, I'd much rather trust uh, that, that that the robot was doing the thing at, at the World Cup. And uh, I mean, look how often that thing got it. 100% right, the decision-making where that, that shows you the digital version of, of everything. So you can actually see which part of the, the body is, is offside. And we have now, uh, say with, with the VR, you still have that, that, that human error that's uh, sneaking into it. So you see, yes. like you have, that leaves people dumbfounded. And, and what I don't get is, you've got not only that VAR guy, but he even has an assistant there that can double-check things. And even that guy gets it wrong. So, you know, rather than just stick robots in, like, uh, just focus on a computer to make the decision. But, but you know what, that robot is, 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 uh, will probably mess up things for bookies because I'm sure a lot of spot fixing is happening because some of the decisions at VAR, like, you look at it afterwards, you're like, huh? Like, you know, yeah. How is it possible that this is a goal or this is a penalty now all of a sudden? So it's, I think that human error is still creeping in. And what's the point of I mean, if you look at cricket, for example, I mean, how much times has you seen, you know, with Hawkeye or or whatever? I mean, for the, I don't know those who watch cricket or listen to cricket, how much times do you see that these decisions are actually accurate? It's like probably like 99% of the time because they actually. I have like, you know, the, where the ball hit or did it hit the bat first or, you know, all those type of things. But it's like, VAR is like, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe this uh, um, guy in the panels having a bad day arguing with his wife or something like that and he forgets to draw the lines on the thing. I mean, it's unacceptable. It's, there's mistakes that's happening. It's, I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I mean, I've seen so many decisions go against me as a fan. It's unreal. And I'm not saying it because, oh, yeah, that if, uh, yeah. it, was the, it was a wrong decision that became right. It's literally sometimes a decision that you ask yourself, huh? Mm. Yeah, but I mean, look, as we're now going to have another final point of, of the podcast before we end off, I also want to end off more, like, say, on a positive note. And I mean, my take is now to you, Aiden, and I'll probably all give my own little, like, my two cents on it. But I mean, from the, the way, you know, the situation has played out, because I mean, look, February, as I said, was shocking. But I mean, with the current situation, and how do we like start looking forward? Because look, we, yes, we had that, that bad patch now behind us, and that. So we need to also try to start looking forward and and seeing all like sort of targets at the end going forward. So, what's your take like with with the team morale and that? And like you know, in a more positive light, uh, how would you go about things now? Look, I think it's it's a results business right now. I think it's kind of trying to up your performance, getting the basics right. I think. That's important, you know, whether you win by a clean sheet or just show that, you know, you're not dawdling with the ball at the back or trying fancy stuff. Just go back to basics. Yeah. You need to go safety first, go safety first. If you need to eat a root one ball instead of trying a back hill in your own box, then yeah. do yeah. that. Get the result. You know, let's let's focus on the next three games. 
Yeah. Let's try to pick up nine points in the next three games. Beat, I mean, there's two tough away games, Villa, Leicester, and then you play, I think, Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Win that three games and ask, and then you tell City as well, now you win your next five games because the next five games to them is probably all important games that's worth something to them. Arsenal only probably have three games that's worth something in one competition. They have five games oh, worth, so worth over three competitions. So now you tell them, okay, you guys now decide what games you want to win. We want our three, you win your three. And yeah. that's how we're going to have to do it. Maybe it's the diesel pup twice or once. You know, you kind of have that one in the bag. I'm not saying that you want to do it, but like, you know, you now have the opportunities to have a bad day. Maybe you decide to have a bad day against Liverpool at Anfield, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. So you kind of just need to win your winnable games now and, and, and just have convincing performances to show, look, we are here to stay. Man City, you over to you all the time. Yeah, what's your thoughts on the way forward? Yeah, I mean, I think also going toe-to-toe because I think, look, we only really got two competitions to play in. And yeah. that's, now we can also, like certain players sometimes need fresh up because I think a, a more cutthroat approach is, a cutthroat approach is needed because for me, like, say what, what we saw Zinchenko do the other day, that should already be criminal enough to get yourself booted out of the squad for a game or yes. two. Let Tierney go, because I, I think as you said, go again, uh, go a bit old, old school again, because inverted left back is not on to get, almost like played itself out, and I think we was like flogging it like a dead horse. So, start going the old traditional way, get Tierney, because look, to Tierney for a fact, you know he's going to try to get to the ball, either on the overlap or get himself always on the outside to get a, a ball slung into the box, so various people can either get, attack the ball or you know, be on the edge of the box and try to smash the ball like, from the outside in. And go that way as well. And, and the same with Tomiyasu. I think Tomiyasu needs, uh, like, again, another run. I think that was, like, almost like, for me, a one-off, what happened. Yeah. And for me, if, if Saliba and, and, and um, uh, Gabriel are not uh, cutting it, let somebody like Ben White again step into the central defence, because, I mean, he was our pillar of strength here last season. And, I mean, maybe it's not embedding uh, Kivio in as well in defence, because, for me, it's almost like getting, uh, you know, Complacency could be also the end of us. So yes. you have that, that sort of desire where everybody knows if I'm going to screw up, I'm out of the team. So I cannot allow that. And that is, I mean, when you watch even Man City play, you can see they all play knowing that there is like one or two guys who are breathing down this their neck. So they can't really have that many off days. And I think that's the sort of thing that, that has almost like kind of slipped through our fingers these days where people are having off days and there's not really people that are to trust that will you know, go to play. But, I mean, as I said, I'm fully behind the team, fully behind the coach, and, I mean, I just hope we now start our whole run now, because, look, we have to start a new run of, of, of wins and that again. So, let us start at Villa Park today. So, come on, you Gunners. Let's go, Gunners. Let's get the three points. <laughs>